The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another Kingery Commentary. This is Director James Tyler. This is Assistant Director Terry Hiddle. This is writer and co-creator Jeff Rubridges. Hello, everybody. Um, and I would like to first welcome uh, Perry to our commentaries. You are a uh, huge help on this episode, and we'll talk about that later when we get to sort of the portions that you helped on. But um, just a big welcome to you, and uh, also thanks for all the great uh, acting work you do for the show. Oh, thanks. I've already got a question here. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like there's a new new theme music. Is that... Uh, what is the, that? The um, music that happens during the uh, previously changes from episode to episode, um, so you can ah. go back and sort of listen to them. Um, what you might, there might be new music. I'm not sure. Um, the music that uh, David gives us is just tons and tons, hours and hours of music. I had actually, when I was moving, I had to burn it onto three separate CDs to get it all back here. So there's a lot of music for us to use for shows, and so some pieces of music you might not hear very much, and you might hear it a lot of the times. The two pieces of music at the end that you hear during the trailer and the actual credits is always the same, but otherwise I'll use whatever, wherever. Yeah. Well, it's great. I've always uh, enjoyed the music for the Kingery um, as a listener, as as an actor, and now I'm enjoying it as an assistant director. So my education continues. Yeah, Kangaroo is one of those uh, interesting shows in that the theme only actually appears during the end of credits. So, it's, but that's the actual like Kangaroo theme mm-hmm. that we have. But yeah, it's just just played during the end. Of course, in this episode, I had Tommy listening to it on the radio at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> which was something that I kind of put it in there because um, what the hell? there's almost absolutely no um, humor in this episode at all. <laughs> it's a pretty yeah, dark. Yeah, it's. it's Kind of a heavy script. So, which, I mean, and I love it, and um, we'll get into all those later, but all those sort of heavy things later, but um, just when I was first mixing this, I was like, ah, there just needs to be something right here at the beginning that sort of lightens it a bit before it just gets really dark, right here, even in these opening lines and whatnot, so I just wanted to have that there, and that's kind of a nod and homage to how... uh, I think it's an incredible. Some of the characters hum their own theme songs and whatnot, so that's where that came from. You know what's also strange is that this conversation that that Tommy and Julie are having here is uh, pretty serious and kind of weighty, but it's also uh, oddly, I think, kind of oddly and anyway, ironically, the the quietest, calmest part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Even though, considering the topics they're talking about, it's not, you know, something that's normally calmly discussed or whatever. But it just, yeah, it, it, this episode was was something else to write. I tell you. Well, and I think that that's one of the strengths of it is that the story sort of has these escalating moments in it where you have, you know, basically every time somebody enters the scene, the tone changes. And um, mm-hmm. when people exit, it changes as well. And so I think it flows really well as far as that goes. And it never gets boring, at least for my ears, when I was directing it, reading it, and listening to it. Um, I think yeah, it's just like a... Go ahead. I think it's just like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
starts kind of slow, and then everything just like keeps building and building and building. You pump more and more and more people into this teeny little room, and then kablam, it all goes off the track. Mm-hmm. Very good analogy. By the way, back there, that was um, Pete Milan, the method actor that he is, actually throwing his own crap around his room. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, Pete was was excellent there. Boy, we've never really. I mean. You know, Tommy's gotten mad when he beat the crap out of Jawbone before, so, but I mean, it's just, you never quite see him quite like that. Right. And I think that it shows, I think it um, deepens his character a lot that, you know, a lot of people talk about what a, you know, how what a dangerous man Arkell is, but really, this is something that he thinks crosses the line, is beyond the pale and all that. So it shows that right, it, at the very center of it, he has a soul, which not everyone at the Kingery can say. Right, that's something that we, when we were originally um, coming up with all the different characters for the show, which was like a several-month process, all of us writers going back and forth, tossing ideas around and refining them. The, the general gist of Tommy's character was always that he was a good man who does bad things. Mm-hmm. That I think was that kind of like well. what, what we used as a, a sort of a general description for his character. So. Just so I mention it on the record real quick, these phone calls I'm getting are from people who want me to vote in the pro- in the Texas primary we have coming up, so apologies for that. Um, anyway, Perry, you are saying something? <laughs> uh, what was I saying? I liked it when um, he hit the mic stand when he was throwing stuff around the room. It just reminded me, I don't know, there was a sound that was just like when I crashed into my mic stand, and it just uh, reminded me of live radio. <laughs> And now, Jeff, I've got to ask you, um, how early in the process of writing this season did you know that both Jawbone and Proc were going to be dead at the end of it? They were both originally slated to die in the story before the first episode was ever written. Real? <laughs> yes, and it wasn't like we were like, oh, we're going to kill him off then. But before the episode was even, the first episode script was even started, we had the outline done. Mm. And uh, I had already plotted out the entire season. And so uh, those were the arcs that we came up with. And I remember when I first wrote the outline and I sent it to all the other writers, you know, so we could go over it and they could comment on it and if they wanted changes or whatever. Uh, a couple of them had a real hard time with that, especially with Proc. And so did I. It was really hard for me to put that in there. And especially writing this episode after getting to know him so well over the season and stuff, it was really, really hard to do. But... You know, that was, uh, you got to be honest to the story and to the characters, and it's, it's his one truly redeeming moment, so I wasn't going to take that away from him. Well, I think that you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's one of those things where I personally, as a director and as a fan of the show, I'm going to miss, A, miss both Jawbone and Proc as characters, but even almost more so miss James Rossi and Chip Joel. Because mm-hmm. they both right. have just given such wonderful performances this yes, entire season. Yeah, they've both been absolutely fantastic. This has nothing to do with them. It's not like we got mad at them or something. It's just right. that was the story we had from from the very beginning. So. Right. It was when they asked for those 30% raises. That's what really did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was willing to go 25, but 30 was pushing it too far. Yeah. Okay. There's only so much nothing that you can give. Um... And here we have sort of the family dynamic coming to the fore for the first time in this episode. I think it also might 
be, I mean, it, there may have only been one or two other scenes, I can't remember now, where all three of them were actually together in the same scene, like the entire family was actually together. It doesn't happen often. Well, which just speaks to how dysfunctional their relationships had become at this point. Right. Nice entry line for Andrew Eckhart as Robert. <laughs> and I also love Arkell's uh, response to it all. Is that here's someone who has the gall to talk to him like that, and, you know, he's not angry about it. He's just sort of shocked more than anything. <laughs> And I like Hooks' um, first line in this episode. I'm with him. I think he's pretty smart. He's coming up to the door going, don't you think we ought to just like close the door and, and wait until whatever's going on in there finishes? <laughs> how, how often do you find yourself agreeing with uh, Hooks' perspective on things? Um, not a whole lot, but, but that was that was definitely one. I was really disappointed with Hooks when he uh, fired Proc. I was a little bit pissed at him then. <laughs> I directed that scene. I was a little pissed, too. Yeah, I think you could, you could make a case, uh, too, that, I mean, even though Proc is the one who ends up dying at the end of the episode, that uh, Hooks might be the one getting the worst into that deal. It's it's going to, I mean, that's, that can't, I, it was so hard to write that because I'm like, how do you put yourself in that position of having to shoot one of your friends. It was just like, it was really hard to, to, to wrap my head around that, and I think it's it's probably going to really, really mess him up. Yeah. Well, and not just, you know, yeah, someone that he worked with and respected and, you know, had no issues right. with. I mean, mm-hmm. Proc, you know, for whatever his sins may be, is more or less one of the most innocent people in this whole situation. Right. Um, and he basically... I just think it's so interesting that everything that's leading up to this point all seems to spark from the fact that Debbie made the dumb decision to shoot Roberts. And everything that happens up up to this point is all a reaction to that. Right. Including Proc having to die, which is just mind-blowing. I I think I told you both in an email, I actually went back and listened to the entire season, and it's just... So interesting how everything leads from that one moment up to here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you notice, there's also that one. Uh, I wanted to make sure too that uh, Debbie really, really dug herself in a hole because Tommy gives her that out, that chance to come clean in this episode, where he's mm-hmm. like, "Do I have those facts right?" And she just, she can't bring herself to. Yeah. Yeah. Love that delivery. <laughs> and we're coming up on our first death here. Oh, God. Do it! Took my life. Damn you. The hell, you fucking bastard. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm gonna be sick. It's very thorough. Yeah, we just wanted to make absolutely sure that everyone understood that Jawbone's not coming back. No, (laughs) he's not. (laughs) 
Well, and I like how you sort of uh, clothed that story arc with the Roberts shooting Jawbone, and then right about now, you're going to introduce some more questions about Roberts. To, uh, uh, yeah, this, that actually, yeah. I was going to say, um, that's a beautiful yes, point of season two. So yeah. this right here and uh, Madeline seeing him, that's uh, setting up a whole lot of stuff in season two. Which I think is yeah. great because it does lead absolutely into the beginning of the next season, not giving anything away, too much away there. But it's also interesting because it's the only part in this episode, I think, that's looking sort of to the future. This is all sort of resolving what's all happened in this season. And then you have this one little interlude that's sort of teasing what's going to come next. Right. And it's also the only scene that happens outside of Tommy Coffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very busy day for Tommy. Which ain't so the for that last episode. What were you saying, Perry? Uh, you know the saying, every time a writer closes one door, he opens another. Absolutely. At least one, sometimes two or three. And I should say, this marks the beginning of um, Perry Whittle's directorial debut on The Kingery. From here on out is all Perry Whittle all the time, save for the music cues, which, you know, who cares about those? You did an excellent job, Terry, and thank you very much for, for your help. That's yes, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the work you did on this one and are going to be doing for at least the next episode. We'll see from there, but thank you very, very much for the help you did on this episode. Thank you, and uh, thanks to all the actors. I mean, I thought everybody did a fantastic job. It was really, I mean, the hardest decisions were always, um, gee, I wish I could put in all of these takes because they're all so wonderful and, uh, you know, the performances are always so interesting and varied. So it's really wonderful. And I noticed that Tommy has finally turned off his radio. <laughs> yeah, it's all at the beginning of the episode, but I just, I just couldn't think that I could keep a constant radio signal going on throughout the whole thing. So it just kind of fades out at one point and doesn't really make a return appearance. Um, yeah, especially at this point, too, with, with everything that went on with Tiffy and the fact that it's affecting Tommy, too, and it's not something that he wants to have to do or deal with. So, it's, you know, yeah, I couldn't see him moving music on during that. He, yeah. Yeah, I think he would respect Tiffy and Debbie and, and Proc and everybody too much for that. Mm-hmm. And Lexi here as Debbie, I mean, that's like the first real emotion we've seen from Debbie all season. The first real, like, really getting into her character. And this is no fight against Lexi. I just mean, it's the first time Debbie's really opened up about anything. Yeah. Well, um, not just anything, but anyone else. I mean, she's such a self-centered. Right. I, I think that everything that happened, like I already said earlier, I think Debbie is the center piece of all the trouble that's going on at the Kingery right now when I dissect it all. So it's interesting to, yeah, have her sort of have this selfless moment and trying to beg for somebody else's life, because that is not in her character at all, really. Well, I think it's like the first time she actually realized that the things that she had done are affecting other people, and you know, whatever problems she and Proc have, she does love him, and mm-hmm. that's when it finally hits her. Here, isn't it? He was gonna have to pay my 
If there's anything the cat does really well, it's crying. Throughout this entire thing, she's Tithy is just sort of crying in the background, and it's just really incredible. Yeah, she does yeah. a fantastic job. And and James, uh, as Proc, his last couple of lines, man, he just will tear your heart out and rip it up. It's just it's so hard to change. He did such a great job. And Cat gave a lot of uh, a lot of extra crying, so that uh, was um, part of the fun that I had was uh, finding little bits of extra crying and putting them in there in the background in places where I thought the discussion was getting you know scary for for Tithia. That was that's a very nice touch. I like that very much. I think that the thing that Perry absolutely excels at with his direction is um, and that I need to work on more as a director personally and that I hope that I can learn from him through this whole process is learning how to put those details in there. You're such a detail-oriented director, which I have trouble with sometimes, um, which I just really appreciate. And that's come through from things you've given me already for the next season, so. Well, sometimes it helps, but uh, sometimes I get, I think, maybe a little over-concerned about, like, you know, should I have more footsteps, fewer footsteps? You know, silly stuff. Um... One of the things that um, Jamie asked me when I started on this was, uh, can you can you direct this portion of the show? Because you have to, you know, uh, direct yourself as hooks. And I wrote back to him and I said, oh, come on, I'm not that precious. And, uh, <laughs> but I can't direct myself. And then I got into it and it was like, oh, boy, did I dig myself into a hole. <laughs> And I started having all these second thoughts and cringing about my performance and whatnot. But uh, I, happily, I dug myself into such a deep hole that I didn't feel like I could, you know, weave a lot of it. So I had to just carry on and do it. Well, I mean, I've listened to your takes that you did for all of <sighs> See, now I'm upset all over again. Um, I think you did a great job with your line selection. Jeffrey Bridges, I hate you for killing Proc. I'm sorry. But if you didn't care about him, his death wouldn't mean anything. Exactly. So. That's right, and you did it so artfully. Well, thank because you for, for saying so. It was a difficult, very difficult thing to do. Because here at the end of the episode, there's a callback to the first episode. Yes. Right. Yeah, I wanted to mirror the uh, the pilot episode, and it's you know Hook's journey too throughout the season, and how he started and how it ended. It was just people getting shot. Yeah, and as uh, Jamie said, it's all like from that. From that opening uh, episode, the shooting of um, Roberts. Right. Um, 
And also, before we get through these credits, I just want to say um, a huge thank you um, to uh, Seth Adam Schur for what he did at the beginning of this season. He is still, to this day, a huge um, influence on my directing and all that, and a huge mentor to me. So thank you very much for him for doing all of that. Jeffrey, thank you so much for creating this world. I said that in my interview on Twit, but again, I just can't tell you how much I love working on the Kingry and listening to the Kingry and just getting to enjoy it. So thank you very much. Thank you, Perry, for your help, and I'm done gushing now, I think. Well, thank you for doing such a fine job on it. And, uh, you know, Seth did kind of uh, create the world in audio and set the tone, but uh, you're you're keeping right along with his vision. I mean, that he started, like I said, if, if I didn't know that the direction had changed, I wouldn't know the direction had changed. And that's like the best compliment I think I can give you because I think Seth is a great director and I think you're a great director and you're doing great things with the King Here, here. here. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later. Yeah, two months from now, in the uh, end of April. We'll right, we're the, taking uh, a season short premiere. season break. We're probably going over on this commentary nonsense, but yes, short season break, um, but we'll be back here in a couple months with uh, season two, so look forward to that. Yes, indeed. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>